With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Show, and I'm jumping right into it because uh, I've got my ace co-pilot back again, Matt Wilhelm. Um, national championship winning linebacker with the 2002 Ohio State football team, former NFL star. Yeah, man, I'm calling you a former NFL star because anybody who makes it to the NFL is a star no matter how many Pro Bowls, right? No, you're absolutely right, and I, I, I appreciate the uh, the accolades and the introduction, Tim, and always great to be with you. Yeah, and you're a star of survival, too. I mean, you know, anybody who watches the <laughs> NFL knows it's uh, uh, no, no room for prisoners. Anybody that watched Ohio State at Notre Dame the other night that was a knockdown, drag them out. There were no prisoners for that either. What? I said there were no prisoners for that game either. No. It was a, it was a, it was a, a dogfight. That's what we'll get into with you. You know, I mean, uh, everybody's trying to sum it up in their own little inimitable style. You know, boy, Ohio State should have won by three touchdowns, or boy, Notre Dame really shut them down. All this kind of stuff. The way I look at it, uh, Matt, this is an Ohio State team that failed defensively the last two games of the season last year at crunch time uh, that this in the fourth game of this season against a top ranked or top 10 team, number nine, Notre Dame, Ohio state in the final analysis won a defensive struggle uh, 17 to 14 who had that score on their card on their parlay card, who knows, but uh, just real quick, your first impressions that we're, we're going to look forward, you know, this Ohio state has an off week this week. They don't play Maryland for two weeks. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but just looking back on that game, everybody was pointing at this game as a harbinger game, one way or the other. Your initial thoughts now, you've had a couple of days to digest it. Uh, absolutely. Well, my initial thoughts are, um, I'm, a, of course, glad we came out on, on the top side of that dogfight because <laughs> yeah. I, think, I, I think we found, you know, two different teams with two different styles. You know, Notre Dame is, is I, I mean, truthfully, is probably much more of a finished, polished product that's ready to compete for a national championship. Uh, whereas even through the first three games of our season, you know, at Indiana, then the two home games against lesser opponents, uh, we're still very much a work in progress uh, with the offensive line, with the quarterback. And then I think with our first really big challenge defensively with some weapons that, you know, are guys that could very much likely be wearing the scarlet and gray uh, with the type of recruiting that we are, you know, out there uh, nationally. So it was a, a great to come out on the top side of, of that victory, as I said, and I thought, uh, I thought I loved the Ryan Day comments soon after the game uh, about Lou Holtz. I mean, and you know this about me, Tim, even at my time at Ohio State, it's like, I don't mind naming names if there's someone to be yeah, named, no, man. you know, who, yeah. uh, you know uh, whether it be a captain situation or someone talking smack and, you know, you have that opportunity because you only have so many opportunities in your life to actually go. You, you, we backed up and went against everything that you talked about. And I guess, and I'll say this just to touch on it, you know, and not to make a big stick about it, but like, I just, you, you look at the old, you know, decrepit Lou Holtz sitting in that big, you know, uh, lazy boy chair on the Pat McAfee show, uh, blurting off at the mouth about, uh, and again, Notre Dame, this academic institution, there wasn't a humble bone in his body uh, with Lou Holtz blurting out what he did. 
Uh, and then he rattled off Bama, Georgia, Michigan twice, and Clemson, right, as the teams that Ryan Day has struggled to beat and, of course, why he struggled to beat them. Uh, well, first of all, when's the last time Notre Dame scheduled Clemson, Michigan, uh, played Bama with, you know, with Manti Teo in the national championship? Well, how did that go for you guys, Yeah, you know, in that game? And, of course, they couldn't hold Georgia's jock. Uh, in a football game, probably over the last decade of Notre Dame football, uh, and probably won't for the next decade moving forward. So I, I just thought it was a completely one-sided statement, and I just love that, you know, Ryan Day, and I hope kind of the way the 2002 National Championship team took it as a chip on their shoulder ahead of, like, the, the, the victory parties that were being planned ahead of the game being played, and that reverberated through our locker room. Not so much from our coaches, but we as players were very well aware of those. And I hope that Ryan Day and all his players were made aware of those comments and and kept that in their file bank somewhere, not at the front of their head as they had to go out and do, you know, and do their job and, and finish off the deed, but keep that in their bank. And you saw the Ohio versus the world flags didn't just show up on accident. You know, those were there and and Ryan Day's comments about Ohio versus the world and Ohio, you know, being tough and everything and, and the guys in that locker room uh, gave me goosebumps, giving me goosebumps now. I had the opportunity, you know, soon thereafter to text Coach Day, uh, congratulations, and, you know, love those comments, uh, and, I, and I love them to this day, and I think it's, it's a big step uh, for this program, uh, and, and we'll get into it as we go, but I think overcoming and getting to see how a very physical, well-coached, uh, veteran-laden offensive line was going to block our defense and attack our defense in the run game, because I think that's the same thing we're going to see out of Penn State, and it's the yep. same thing we're going to see against that team up north. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a minute. That's what, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. But uh, I wanted to ask you this, though. I mean, there's like a thir- th- thousand questions that you're speaking there that pop into my brain. I have to get them in order and then eliminate 999 of them, right? Uh, <laughs> what does it do for a player on a team? You know, we saw the emotion that Ryan Day had about them being a finesse team, them being a soft team. Uh, that Those were the things that were going on and not just coming out of Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz just happened to speak up at exactly the wrong time. Of course. He was right. a lightning rod. Uh, but uh, Ryan Day was speaking to the masses there. Pardon the expression, being at a Catholic school, not just Lou Holtz. Um, what does it do, though, for a player? So, number one, hear your coach speak up for you. But then, number two, no, you, you know that the doubts are out there about a team's, quote, toughness. You're paying attention. Everybody's on social media anymore. What does it do for the players going forward to get that in their backpack? Well, I think it, it builds belief. And I think in some cases, uh, you know, since the baton was passed from Urban Meyer, you know, with all his successes and what, six to nine losses over the course of almost a decade of coaching at Ohio State, being undefeated against that team up north, and yeah. the baton gets passed to Ryan Day. And then Ryan Day has massive early success because he inherits – you know, uh, you know, such an amazing roster and uh, an amazing opportunity and does his diligence with it and then just couldn't overcome some of those big hurdles. And you're talking some, you know, some quality national championship level programs. So that's not to discount, you know, who we are either. Um, but then as I'm sure every year when there's a shortcoming, whether it's Clemson or Bama or Georgia or that team up north, uh, I'm sure Mickey Marotti and Ryan Day and those coaches go in and go, well, what can we do differently? What can we study differently? What X's and O's can we change? What can we do in the weight room to build that, you know, and out on that field with uh, winter workouts uh, to just build that toughness and grain into 
uh, in some cases, the kids that we recruit that could very well be, you know, a uh, little white collar esque in some cases, uh, and get them the blue, draw the blue collar out of them and embrace that in our program. Uh, you start to question those things. What are we doing wrong as opposed to what, and also what can we do different? And you're always chasing that thing. Yes. And, and what this does for Ryan day on down through the coaching staff and Mickey Marotti, uh, it's, and a lot of it's always the same, but also even for more so, it just builds belief. It builds belief that all the hard work, I'm sure the torturous workouts, the extensive hours that the coaches spend away from their families, the, the hours that the players spend uh, outside of academics, away from their families and studying or over at the Woody getting extra work in, it just uh, builds belief and edifies the process that you're, you're in right now. And every year it's a little bit different. There's a little tweak. You just can't keep doing the same thing. You have to sort of recreate yourself because every roster is a little bit different. Um, every schedule you play is a little bit different on the road, at home, early contests like this you know, at, at Notre Dame. Uh, and so it just builds belief. And I think uh, two things that I felt uh, about Ryan Day is, A, uh, not only does this – he went to bat for his roster and and on national television showcased the toughness of those guys, which just goes – has the players in that locker room go, I love that guy even more, and I'm glad I'm here in Scarlet and Gray. I think it also uh, – and it has to be a continuation of the season goes on because, yep. as you said, you know, Maryland – uh, we've got Penn State. We've got that team up north at the end of the season, uh, you know, which is not going to be very easy. But I think it also reverberates into the kids you have committed in the 2024 class to go, I'm glad I'm committed here, and I, and I can't wait to play for that guy. I think it also puts a little bit of uh, a little bit of doubt maybe in guys that have maybe chosen another place or a little bit in flux on, a re- on the recruiting road that might go, I don't really know where I want to play. I'm committed here, but, man, on national television with everything on the line, you know, that – that fire, that passion that Ryan Day had the opportunity to kind of explode uh, in that moment uh, just gets, again, gets the blood boiling, gets you, gives you the goosebumps and goes, man, I, they were my number two, but now things are a little bit more iffy now. And, now, and as I said, we've got to continue on that road uh, of competing for a national championship. And that means, you know, in some cases going, going undefeated. But long story short, it's, it's survive and move on. You know, they were on our schedule. They've been on it for shit. Uh, pardon my French, a That's decade right. now. And yeah. we we overcame that hurdle two times in a row and we're on to the next. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, bottom line is, is six straight wins over Notre Dame after dropping the first two in 1935 and 36. You know, my dad was 10 years old uh, the last time uh, Notre Dame beat Ohio State. And my dad's been passed away now for uh, 15 years. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, of course. That gets old fast, you know, the uh, – all the national championship banners and everything like at Minnesota and places like that. It is. What have you done for me lately? And I agree with you. It gives you, it gives you certification that the work you put in, in the off season, because I've always been intrigued by that aspect. You, you know, you you say that you do this, you do this, you do this, and we're going to get to here. But the bottom line is everybody else is trying to do the same thing. You know, of course. everybody's trying to get from here to there but boy, it just gives you belief, like you said, in the Marathi approach, in the uh, Ryan Day approach, in the Jim Knowles approach. Because let's face it, they had to get the ball back the other night. Uh, they did. And uh, what I keep trying to tell everybody, I've been saying this, it was like you guys against Miami in 2002, the national championship game. Boom, Miami ties the game on the last play of regulation with a field goal, longest field goal that that player had kicked in his career, and you got one finger on it, as you told me, 
If you've got two on it, it back in. Exactly. But the bottom line is brand new ball game. Brand new ball game. Now, who wins? Y'all won. Y'all made plays on offense in overtime, and you made plays on defense that finally won the game. That's what this team did. Everybody's looking at the whole game. I'm looking at once Notre Dame took the lead, 14 to 10, what did Ohio State do? It went down and failed on a fourth and one, but then the defense got the ball back. And what did the offense do? It went down and scored. Yeah, and just to, and just to piggyback on that uh, on on your sentiment there, it's like if you just go back to like the last five minutes of the football game, right? Of having to having to get that stop, uh, the coaching, our, our coaches managing the clock appropriately for the guys on the football field. You know, using time as timeouts where we needed it to give us the best opportunity. And then I think where uh, you know we talked about what does it mean for the program. I think what does it mean for our quarterback is another great narrative we can talk about is um, him on the road in this moment, first big challenge, you know, to live up to the expectations of wearing the scarlet and gray, being a quarterback on what the quarterback position has meant, you know, so probably since, you know, since Tress came with, with Troy winning the Heisman and Urban and his guys with, you know, with JT Barrett and Haskins and then Fields and then, you know, and, and Braxton Miller and, and TJ Stroud. And now you're, you're this guy who's been, you know, and a narrative has been created around him, even in our own fan base, because there's been another guy that they've wanted to potentially compete for this opportunity. Uh, but you, you go on the road, you win this game. And I think more so than anything in that last five minutes, you make the throws and the decisions and you have poise and you took off and ran with the ball, which I know a lot of people have been asking for the guy, you know, who's now in Houston to do, you know, his entire career. And it took him till, you know, the college football playoff to do so. Yeah. You just that confidence from the fan base, that confidence from the national pundits, but more so than anything. And it's not that it was never not there. The edification and the confidence from his own teammates and his coaches Yeah, that he's the guy. This is his team that he overcame this hurdle that we rode his back to make those throws, you know, in big moments. There's no question about who our quarterback is anymore, you know. You don't need to see the other guy because this is the guy. And now we can move forward and prepare for Maryland. And he gets the lion's share, the 90% of the snaps, and only 10% in case of injury does the other, you know, the typical, you know, what he's getting the CJ Stroud treatment, you know, in in that building now because of this win. Yeah. Or as I asked Chip Trainum uh, after the game, I said, is, so is, is there any more debate or, I mean, uh, 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 is, is, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but is, is Kyle McCord now basically, you know, is he, is he your bona fide starting quarterback, you know, and he looked at me funny and goes, hell yeah. You know, I was just trying to get a rise out of him, but uh, yeah. the players believe in this guy. They haven't believed in him for a while, but like you said, man, anybody needs that moment where the, where there's a huge check mark, like it is, pardon the expression. And, he and, is bona fide. He is. And I'll just say this. It's um, and I, and I was talking with someone earlier this morning just about the Buckeyes in the game in general. And I just go, you know, Ryan Day is is a, is a different acquired taste that, you know, Jim Tressel was when he got here, that Urban yes. Meyer was when he got here. And of course, the winning has personified. But it's like this helps, you, you know, helps rest that narrative still has many challenges in front of him. You know, Cal uh, McCord's persona. And his gameplay is not going to look like C.J. Stroud's. He's not going to talk like C.J. He's not going to make the throws like C.J. You know, and it's just so we have to wrap our head around as a, as a fan base of what winning with Kyle McCord and Ryan Day is going to look like. And it's going to be different yeah. from what it looked like the last two years and what it looked like with Justin Fields as well. Yeah. 
by the way, uh, wait a minute. I smell something and it smells really good. Uh, I'll get right back to you in just a minute. Okay, Matt? Yes, sir. I'll tell you what that aroma was. It was a sweet smells of my wife whipping up this little number. Creamy chicken sausage and kale cavatappi right out of the package, right out of the package that HelloFresh left at our doorstep. All the ingredients uh, from, uh, from an onion to kale to the kale involved, two cloves of garlic, a lemon, uh, cavatappi pasta, Italian chicken, cream sauce base, sour cream, chicken stock, concentrate, Parmesan cheese, all came in that bag. All she had to do was add, you know, the cooking oil, the butter, the salt and pepper of her choice. But the bottom line was, man, what a delicious meal this was. And for folks who are looking for that quick, that quick gourmet meal, when they get home, home from a long day at the office or a long day at work, you know, HelloFresh delivers it right to your doorstep. They have uh, 40 recipes available now and over 100 add-on items that you can choose from every week. And uh, what it mainly does, it keeps you from having to go out and and shop uh, purposefully for these little bitty ingredients that can make all the difference in a secret sauce uh, or whatever in a really, really, truly gourmet meal. I've come to enjoy these meals. I've had several of them now, and they've all been extremely tasty. And I'll tell you what, if you go to HelloFresh.com slash 50TimMay, that's 50-T-I-M-M-A-Y. Uh, if you go there and use the code 50TimMay, you, you will get 50% off your first purchase plus 15% off over the next two months. So uh, this is quite the time to take advantage of HelloFresh because there's a lot of things going on in the fall, not the least of which is getting to and from big time college football games. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50TimMay and use the code 50TimMay, that's 50-T-I-M-M-A-Y for 50% off your purchase plus 15% off the next two months. You can't go wrong with HelloFresh. I know I'm glad that we discovered it. Yes, I really do like that HelloFresh, but that's a that's another conversation for another uh, podcast. Uh, Matt, getting back to what you were talking about, about the acquired taste or the new taste, let's put it that way, of Ryan Day and what he what he has brought to this program and stuff. I, I whispered to him as he was leaving the stadium the other night, you know, after the after his vociferous uh, press conference, which was really kind of cool because never seen that from Ryan Day. Been around him since 1970. 1917. Never seen that from Ryan Day. You know it was in him. You know he does that in the locker room and other elsewhere. But, but you know, rare in public. And uh, I said, I said to him, I said, I kind of like this new Ryan Day, and he just started smiling <laughs> at me. But the bottom line is, he does breathe fire. You know, he does have venom. He is a big time, big time elite college football coach who's only lost what six games, and yeah. uh, and then. The losses, those uh, those six losses, most of them were highly contested except for one, you know, maybe two. Yeah, maybe two. Uh, well, maybe three when you count both those Michigan losses uh, and that Alabama loss in the national championship game. But the bottom line is, yeah, uh, a win like that does a lot for everybody. But just specifically, we talked about it earlier about the team. Now I want you to tell me, what it can do for Ryan Day going forward. You never want to be a fake person, you know. I don't believe uh in that in that position. But what does it what does it do going forward 
for the fan base to even know that that is in him. You understand what I'm saying? Of course. Of course. And I think that, uh, you know, in, in small little snapshots, when the camera pans over and we have to take a, 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 a bad timeout, either offensively or defensively, we're either lined up wrong on offense or the play clock's running low when he felt like the coaching staff got the play in and then the players just went and messed it up on the football field. You see that fire in Ryan Day yeah. when the execution uh, and, and I think the hard work they put in all week that they're better than what they they're they're out there in that one situation. I see the fire, you know, I see the competitive nature. And that's the one thing that I think a lot of people discount is, uh, and it was a, I mean, it might be Jim Harbaugh's uh, comment about, you know, what is it? Rounding third base. Uh, no, no board on third base and think they hit a triple. There you go. Exactly. That's thank you so much. Uh, but it's like, well, Everyone that takes over these programs when, you know, a, a legendary coach leaves or in some cases gets fired because it's just not that good enough anymore in, inherits that same access to third base. Yes. Uh, because, because it's a blue blood type program. But I think this is where you will see. Uh, and I think in some cases, and I think Joe Klatt is an amazing, I think he's an amazing analyst uh, because he's done so many, him and Gus have done so many Ohio state games, you know, since the Fox TV deal a few years back now and big noon kickoff has been in Columbus, you know, shoot probably a half dozen times. Um, his analysis on, on, of course, you know, urban Meyer because of that era and the transition to Ryan day, uh, both, as you said, in 2017, as a, you know, first few years as what quarterbacks and, uh, an offense coordinator play. Now he's the play caller and head football coach, uh, to get a snapshot as just not the brains and execution of orchestrating our offense, but the leader of men, you know, that the head coach of any football team, even a high school football program needs to be to mold and develop these young men. And at this level, the margin for air is razor thin, you know, what, yeah. and again, we, we all thought as a fan base, the, and I'm, and I'll say this critically, and I'll say this to Ryan day. If I see him on the bucket cruise in February, the fourth down call to after a timeout to Emeka Ibuka on the fly sweep, it's like, is that really all we got, you know? Um, and do we not have access to if we don't get the look, we can check out and do something else? Let me interrupt uh, you. you know, Let me interrupt you. Sure. I think sometimes it's folly to take a timeout only because then you talk yourself into a play that you think yeah. is going to catch them when, in fact, the play – you know, is what you do best. You know what I mean? And well, it's, and, and it's and it's also it go and also it uh, if you got what you wanted, you know, because yeah. you wanted time to think about it, you kind of probably got what you expected on that fourth down from Notre Dame, meaning like the personnel grouping and the defense there that that like without with ninety percent certainty that they're going to be in. Yes, and then you can run the one play or two plays that you have scripted up and practiced a dozen times this week to execute it, and when you give them a timeout then that you also give them time to come right. out in either something different or show something and stem to something different, bring guys down that, you know, that you might not have expected, which would have, you know, would have not happened had you not called timeout. So that's the chess match that, you know, yeah. that I can get into and we can dig into for an hour on a different podcast. Um, but it's, it's little things like that. But at the end of the day, uh, I think you look at the last two plays, you took your shot with confidence in your quarterback to deliver a throw to the best wide receiver in football in one-on-one -on -one uh, coverage. He was man to man. In, yeah. Yeah. One-on-one -on -one, one -on -one coverage. You got the look that, again, goes back. You got the look that you wanted. Yeah. The throw wasn't quite the throw and Marvin didn't really create separation because the corner. And again, I hate to say this at the NFL level, you always, we always used to say, well, he gets paid too. Well, he's a star. He's a four-star cornerback too, guarding yes. Marvin in that situation and had yes. blanket coverage. 
So touche. And then you have a coach, not only that we now know is fiery and confident and has trust in, in the guys in that locker room. And to use that word trust is we're going to run. We don't, that's your fault, Notre Dame. You only had 10 guys, you academic institution. You only tried out. And, Mar- and Marcus Freeman, in his comments, trying to outthink himself. So who outthought themselves by not wanting to call a timeout and giving us that opportunity? We trot out a, a our big, thick, physical running back, and we run it right down the gut, and yeah. you can't stop it. You know, uh, would, would they have loved to have a three technique or a two technique right there? To yeah. have to get blocked to stop that play, I'm sure. But that's on them, and it's on us to have the guts to call that. And having not got in on the goal line earlier in the game and then calling a fly sweep, you know, to try to get a little too cute on a fourth down situation as well, as well just earlier in the fourth quarter. So uh, props to Ryan Day, props to the program. I think, it, I think it's a huge win. And then I'll just say this, and I actually found myself um, as a former player who's just so spoiled sometimes with the success at Ohio State. I'm going to get to that. Go ahead. Yeah. And I went back to, and I went 39. So since the 2002 national championship game, okay. In 2002, when we won 14 and 0, we didn't lose a game in the 21 years of Ohio state football. Since that game, regardless of coach, although Luke fickle has seven of them attached to him as an interim head football coach, 39 losses in 21 yeah. years. That's yeah. 1.85 per season. Yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't you just go? <laughs> who would, what you, and, and I mean, there's maybe three where it's probably, it's got to be top one or top two over, yeah. that, over that same period of time. And five are probably within another four or five losses, maybe say 45 or less in that same time period. But like the expectation is, and it, but attach that to any one man. And those expectations, and it's extremely hard to live up to. Uh, so let's embrace this, celebrate this, know that we have, you know, and I think, and I said this immediately after the fact, the game was over. I go, we survived it. We won. And now we get two weeks to get Marvin 100% healthy on that ankle with a bye. And then we have a challenging, you know, int- always challenging and interesting Maryland team. And yep. then another big challenge against Penn State at home. Yeah, yeah. Don't leave Purdue. Well, I just got, I just I just count the Purdue, Purdue game. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, you know, everybody forgot about Purdue. What was that? 2016 or 17? And then went yeah. over here and got yeah. As the old saying goes, they got bushwhacked. Uh, yes, they did. Uh, I wanted to ask you about that though. This is this is the intriguing part. I was speaking to a, a club uh, back before the season started down here, and I go, where where did this ever come about that Ohio State? And I'm talking about. I think I think most Ohio State fans are are sane, you know what I mean, and are uh, they understand how life works. But where did this fringe come from that thinks Ohio State, not just playing, competing for a national championship, perhaps even playing for one, uh, and then perhaps even winning one, when did when did it come about that they, that they consider that's the birthright and anything short of that is failure? And I traced right. it back finally in my brain to 2002 when this little team that could uh, stepped up and went 14 and 0, the first team in college football history to go 14 and 0. And this is what I want to get to with you in this uh, in this podcast. There were four, maybe five games that year. I'm trying to remember them all. Y'all could have easily, easily lost. 
easily could have gone well, the I mean, other even, way. even just the last even just the last even just i'll just call the last four including the national championship game yeah you got uh purdue holy buckeye you got yeah. illinois in overtime first overtime Michigan game in ohio state history yeah Right. For, and then 14 to nine in a dog fight against, you know, at home on senior day. Will uh, Allen interception in the end play, zone. Yeah. For a chance to play for a national championship. And then of course the national championship game goes to two overtimes. Yeah. You know, so you've and got. That's leaving, you know, it, wait game. And that's leaving out that ridiculous game at Cincinnati, which could have. Correct. They had four shots. Tip, at in the, tip in the end zone. Another Will Allen, uh, Will yes. Allen interception. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. Go ahead though. Pick it up, man. No, it's just it's uh it, it you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a challenge, and that's the one thing that I think the uh, from a mentality standpoint, when you have it, I'll say it's probably starting from the you know the seniors down because this is in many cases your last time to play football unless you're going to project into the NFL. Uh, the the fear of severity of of the game week to week, especially when you carry a zero in the loss column, you know, it's just can we do it again? Can we do it again? And then when you start doing it a little too much, you start to go. You start to hear the which one's a trap game, which one's a trap game, which yeah. game, and, and you and you refer back to Purdue in 2016 and the Iowa game, you know, yeah. in, in the urban era when you go there and lose as a top five team in the country, and you just go, well, which one? Who's going to catch us? You know, yeah. and then if you get caught, and again, they're all going to be a dogfight. And I mean, I'm we're finding this out at the high school level with my son's team at Ed's. It's like you know, when you're the best at what you do, you've got a target on your back. You're going to get everybody's best effort. You know, but that's the reason why you go out and get the five stars, the four stars that just aren't physically gifted, but also mentally gifted. That's why Mickey Marathi and the time that you can spend with him is significantly more time over time than you actually probably spend with your position coach is because that's the physical and mental strength that you need to perform, you know, your task then given to you by your position coach at your position on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think it's extremely unique. And uh, I think you're in the pressure cooker, but I'll just say like this, that, that spoiled, you know, uh, winner go home or win or it's nothing type of mentality. It's Florida. Florida's really never been back, you know, since, since urban left Florida state's really never been back. You look at Notre Dame since Manti Teo, what year was that? You know, uh, uh, that, I mean, they've never been back and really, they like now nine in the country. Now they're going to drop the 15, probably lose to USC later in the season. May probably drop another game late in the season. They're going to finish in the teens or, or early, you know, young twenties play in a January one bowl game because they drive ticket sales and have an, uh, a fan base that, that travels, but like so forgettable. And yet we have a zero in the, in the L column or we've got a couple of big challenges left that, yeah, I know Ryan day and this team need to overcome and we'll be exactly where we're expected to be. Every yeah. year as a Buckeye fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what more do you want, ladies and gentlemen? Hey, last question for you. Yes, sir. What does what does getting that stop? And you know, you just, as you like you said, we could do ten podcasts in a row and not touch on everything. But I, <laughs> but it's just amazing. You go out and recruit five stars and high four stars, and a JT Tuimolowal makes a play there on uh, Notre Dame's last possession. Uh, Sonny Styles and Lathan Ransom, you know, they stopped a fourth down try. Yeah. With just great football savvy uh, being there at the right place, right time. As uh, as uh, Jim knows, calls it seeing the forest. They can see the forest despite the trees. You know what I mean? Just right on down the line, the big time players do step up for you, like a Mecca Egbuka, uh, even Marvin Harrison Jr., all three wide receivers, all of them five stars or high four stars coming into Ohio State. All three of them had big catches on that drive. Yep. Sure. Yeah. It, it, it means a lot. 
Yeah, it mean, it means a lot. And I think, uh, you know, and specifically for the defense, you know, uh, Notre Dame with that big physical offensive line kind of yeah. controlled the day, you know, especially the second half. I just kept hearing Blackledge reference time of possession and they've got 34 plays to our 15 and, and they yeah. were doing it with, with the ground game. And with that darn t- darn tight end, which we'll have to get figured out with with yeah. Jim Knowles and the defense, but um, it's you know big players are never shied away from big moments, and I think it's a combination of of players embracing the pressure to make that play because that's why you come to Ohio State, you come to play on national television, you come to play in big games, and you come to make that play when it falls on your lap. That's yeah. the catches, that's Harrison, that's Ibuka, that's Cade Stover, that's Sunny Sile stop. Uh, but you, you're called in that moment, but it's also, it's a combination of uh, your understanding of the defense, knowing exactly or feeling really comfortable with what your opponent's going to do. And then rising to the occasion with the, that mental and physical toughness that was developed in the weight room and developed by Marathi and those position coaches to, to make that play. And here's the thing about it is they're going to get, you know, some accolades and get, uh, uh, you know, winning pats grades and get, yeah. and get, yeah, and get and pats on the back and get doted on. Um, but only for like two, two or three days, and they might extend in because it's a bye week. But for these players, the way that they're wired, it's like I did what I was supposed to do, and in the next opportunity, I'm going to do it again and yeah. again. So when is that next opportunity? That next opportunity is going to be against Maryland. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Matt, it's always a pleasure having you sitting, uh, you know, for these long flights, having you sitting in the right seat next to me for these conversations, uh, <clears throat> which uh, I'm glad the voice cockpit voice recorder picks up clearly. Uh, <laughs> Can I ask one last question? I know you got to get out. Yes, of, of course. No uh, worries. You got to hit that ejection seat. Yeah, we're the only airliner with an ejection seat. <laughs> um, what do you do with this team now? Because like you said, I this team doesn't strike me as possible big-headed. Uh, you know, any team They're has still a figuring things big out. Yeah. But, but, you know, they went through – most of these guys were around last year. They know what happened at the end of the year last year. They know the big tests – I mean, Penn State and my and Michigan, the best, the best division of a conference in, in college football is the Big Ten East. And that's just more and more clear now than it was a week ago. Uh, I, I, I don't see the potential for a big head. Do you see a potential for a big head factor? I do not. I do not. I think what this opportunity with, a, you know, with a bye week coming up is an opportunity, I think, first and foremost, is to get healthy. Um, I don't necessarily some, you know, some coaches like to use the verbiage of, oh, you need to get away, you know, get away from the game for a little bit. I don't think we get away because if we get away or get away too long, you, you kind of lose the edge and lose some of that adrenaline that you just kind of, and momentum that you just picked up, you know, especially with a game uh, like we had just won. And, and of course, in the fashion that we won. Uh, but then I think lastly, the one thing that I always know that coaches and, and players do is uh, self-scout is getting critical on yourself as coaches with the play calls and the personnel groupings and the play calls in certain situations. It's what, in basically layman terms, what works and what doesn't, what do we do well through four games and what do we struggle with? And then how do we identify those strengths and weaknesses, get better at the strengths and fine tune those, and then fix some of those weaknesses so that you come out of the bye week rested, healthy, and performing better. Besides the tight end, finding that little lobe, you know, in zone coverage, to get into and they, they did a good job of that Notre Dame did you know did. converting what is one other thing what is something that you definitely want to see rise from this defense the last eight games of the regular season is it the pass well, the one, rush what is it 
It, it is. It's going to be the pass rush. I'm going to say it's it's like the front four, the front five. And and the reason why I say that is because again, I would say probably anybody's going to go Michigan and Notre Dame probably have the one or two best offensive lines in the country. Well, yeah. you know, you could tell Notre Dame was well coached and of course highly skilled up front. And I think that the, I want to see the improvement along the defensive front. I want to see more pressure. Sam Hartman, even with that tight end, you know, it's. He had a lot of time, a lot, and it wasn't like he was running around extending the plays all that much, just fairly comfortable. And I know that we're only bringing four so that we can drop seven, which is also why you hold the football a little bit longer. But then I would say our, our, our linebackers and safeties inability to, at some point you have to start like, you know, locking up or matching up with a guy down the field. And so you just can't keep playing your zone forever and a day when there's no one in it, go yeah. match play man match. Um, so I would say it's all predicated around our front four because there were times in the game where Notre Dame could run the fall ball with any one of their four running backs and get four yards or more on every clip. So yeah. that's, that's second and six, third and two, that is an on schedule offense. So I want to see our defensive line get a little bit more disruptive. Uh, you know, and I even went through the stats really quick and it's like, uh, you know, two TFLs and no sacks. Yeah. So that means the game is being played. On the offenses, offenses, uh, you know, agenda. predication uh, ag- yeah. agenda. We're not playing and being disruptive on their side of the line with like negative, negative runs, negative plays, putting them behind the sticks and getting them off schedule. So that's my number one priority. But I thought, I thought the corners held up really well, and it was really just safeties and linebackers, you know, that uh, that couldn't corral that tight end that seemed to make a big play every time we got them to third and seven plus. Yeah, yeah. I've always said, you know, people talk about zone, but zone defense eventually. You- dissolves into man-to-man, you know, in almost every yes. situation. Because uh, the main thing is you don't want somebody catching the ball 12 yards down the field. That's a first down on any down almost. But anyway, uh, yep. hey, uh, once again, Matt Wilhelm, thanks for joining the Tim May podcast. Uh, excuse me, the Tim May show is my able-bodied co-pilot. And we're going to hook up many more times, right? My pleasure, Tim. Absolutely. Anytime you need it, I'm here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, we'll see you then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.